Apart from welcoming the reports, I just want to say three things. So I do want to welcome both reports. CQC have already said that. It seems to me that they are both sensible, elegant and clear. And in areas of public policy that not just needed refreshing, but needed a longer term view, which we haven't had and failed to have in a number of areas. I think, as others have said already, the notion of a national entitlement, which comes through constantly from the public at a time when we've been focusing on localism, I think is, again, very important. And it seems to me that we absolutely have to go with the grain of what the public want. We hear constantly that the public want a notion of what they're nationally entitled to through a social care system. And again, we welcome this hugely. And particularly as demand increases, some notion of fairness and equity will become even more important. I think Emily's description of the ghost, Banco's ghost is one that I shall now plagiarise and steal. I think it's a very good analogy. Thank you very much. (laughs) We published a state of care report last week. We saw within that a 4% increase in contacts with local authorities for information about social care and although that doesn't sound much four percent that's actually translated into about a million new assessments across the country so about 50 percent of those translated into actual assessments for social care so the demand is rising and we can't go on ignoring the fact that there is a lack of clarity across this massively significant area of public policy so beyond saying that we welcome this enormously i just wanted to say three things from the point of view of CQC and they're largely about other people rather than ourselves and I hardly dare say this but I want to say something on behalf of the providers and there are so many people in the room including Des Kelly who's just looked up who are much better placed than I to say something about the providers but nevertheless I will do that. The sector needs to be helped to become more resilient and the first thing is the money the money the money I mean the reality is there is not enough money going into the social care sector and I did catch the end of the debate this morning and I heard a number of people sort of mentioning the fact that the poor old NHS continues to have to pick up the tab for some of this but I mean I think most social care providers was would say let us at it I, I barely and they're all nodding so I must be saying the right thing I barely meet a social care provider who doesn't think they could be doing some of the NHS work for it more cheaply and more effectively and with greater customer satisfaction and so we, we just need to turn that debate on its head. I don't feel sympathetic to the NHS in these circumstances. I think the NHS has got to wake up and see what social care can do for it. And when we think about innovation in the NHS, we've got to think about that. Now, I'm always challenging the academic health sciences centres, people like King's, for example, in <coughs> London, to look at their local social care provision and see what innovation they can be alongside of that. So clearly the providers, in becoming more resilient need as much clarity about eligibility as the users themselves do. We constantly hear, I'm sorry to say, as a regulator, we constantly hear shock horror stories about the quality of commissioning. Of course, there's been a lot of debate in the public already about domiciliary care. The HRC report, which they've trailed already, but is coming out in November, is going to focus a lot on 15-minute visits and how can people's rights be respected in those circumstances so we no longer as a regulator comment on commissioning but it's a key issue just to pick another statistic out of the state of care reports only 70 percent of care homes with nursing so nursing homes in general parlance are compliant with all the standards of quality that are in the act 
That means increasingly our job as a regulator is focused on inspecting poor providers and taking action to force them to meet appropriate standards. It does mean that we are not getting out and speaking to and meeting with providers who aren't failing to meet those standards and they don't like that, they like the assurance that a regulator brings. So we are being pushed into a particular position because of the, some of the financial constraints that are having quality impacts. My second point, and I know I've run out of time already, is that when we think we are doing things that are improving uh, the position of the service users and their carers, we better make sure that we really are doing that. I speak and I've spoken to someone only today in this meeting to people who are nervous about the changes that the greater choice and plurality in the markets, the personalisation and individual choice, the right to pick users outside a regulatory system brings nervousness and concern to older people, to their families. So when we really think we are doing things to improve the lot of users, we better make sure we're doing it. At CQC, we are trying hard ourselves to improve the information that we give to people who use services to help them make choices, to help them make informed choices about their care. We are refreshing and relaunching our website. We're working with the Residents and Relatives Association and the Patients Association about how we can get voice better into what we do. Of course, back to the topic of today, you only get personalisation and choice if the offer from the state is a very clear one. It has not been clear, so greater clarity will assist that enormously but that does bring greater risk as well for all of us it brings risk to commissioners it brings risk to regulators but most importantly it can bring risk and uncertainty to users and their carers if they see things that they thought they understood how clearly they operated opening up and changing in ways that they hadn't predicted and my final point is to think about what the other regulators can do for you you know cqc is there to ensure that quality and safety is maintained in all providers. We are hugely dependent on the user voice. We're very dependent on an advocacy service and we welcome the idea of a statutory advocacy service hugely. If you look at Winterbourne View, someone's already mentioned that. Yes, the regulators should have gone in. Yes, commissioners should have gone in. But actually, a strong advocacy service would have done more to protect the rights of those service users than any of the work that the regulators could do. But there are two new players coming onto the pitch that will be helpful in terms of regulation. One is Monitor and their ability to look into social care and think about the financial viability of services going forward, the Southern Crosses of this world, for example. And the other one is Healthwatch, uh, which I certainly haven't heard mentioned this morning. But one of Healthwatch's job is to represent the user voice, is to look at the local market for people, to see whether or not it makes sense in terms of the range of services that are out there, to see what's available, to make sure that when you're made an offer by a service, the service delivers what it says it's going to do, and is genuinely going to be an important player in this realm of increased choice, increased clarity, and only through better choice and clarity can we really get increased personalisation, which is what we're all after, after all.